presenting Unlucky for Some of the Damned United podcast. I'm Bill Lumsden. And I'm Adam Jameson. And nothing says championship heritage like Lyndon Dykes taking the gloves last night. And I think, I believe you got a video for us. Oh, there's no touch. It's a diving cheat. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, I believe, the QPR commentary on iFollow, was it? There's or? no touch. It's a diving <laughs> cheat. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was pretty self-explanatory based upon Patrick Bamford last night, you believe he might have got a, a bit of a nick on him on the on the follow through. The old follow through. I'm not so sure, but I am sure that I don't think Bamford was petitioning to get him sent off either way. So I a bit of a weird one, but I'm sure, as Gareth Ainsworth said at the end of the game, come out appeal it and it'll probably get overturned. So yeah, I mean it makes no odds to us. Nice one nil victory. Say a nice was wasn't ever really nervy, but it was one of those games where you just wanted it to end really, wasn't it? Um but nonetheless, another three points, good three points. That was the main thing, I think. Performance aside, we just needed to get a result. What did you make of it all? I thought it was very flat and passive and maybe even drab. I just think it was Obviously, we've got the three points. Fantastic. We've bounced back from Saturday's defeat on the South Coast. But I felt they were there for the taking. They were the, that is, I think they were even worse than Sheffield Wednesday when they came to Elm Road. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't look like a threat at all. I, don't, I think they had one, one shot where Melier had to make a save. Um, but for an absolute howler, it was a relatively straightforward save and they just didn't create anything. And I feel they were there for the taking, had we have grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck. But yeah, we've we've got the three points, which is the most important thing. But yeah, just the whole, the whole atmosphere, we never looked like we got out of second gear, really. Um, which some might look as, as a positive. And say, you know, we're, we're beating teams without really having to, to work for it. But I just feel that if that had been a Leicester playing them at home, I think the scoreline would have been three or four. And yeah. maybe it would have been three or four if we had added to that, that first goal. You thought when we scored in under 10 minutes that it could have been that kind of game. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it, that was as really as good as it got. It was a lovely piece of play, great ball by Rutter other feet and a, and a nice finish from Somerville so you thought that we were really going to kick on from there but as we say that was good as it got and also the main thing was just getting over the line we wanted six points from this week and hopefully we'll get it QPR at home and then Bristol City at home it was really a case of just getting six points before the international break getting hopefully a couple of players back after that and getting players fit and on the mend again but We'll take it, won't we? Roden, great to see him come back in. You literally nearly nailed the starting eleven, didn't you? Almost. It was was it Anthony? Anthony. Yeah. And Anthony. I and I said I said I thought you might stick with James, but obviously he went for Jane and Anthony instead. But yeah, Joe Rodon, he just we look we look such a better team with him in the with him in the lineup. And 
one thing I noticed yesterday was, even though I don't think we were kind of very urgent in our play, but what I would say is that you could see the difference in terms of when Rodon got on the ball. He's much more direct. I'm not, I don't mean with his passes, but I, I mean, he's, he gets to the point, he gets the ball, he figures out what he's going to do and he does it, whether that be run the ball out into into midfield or, or touch and pass. It, it's nice, neat, quick, no dilly-dallying in defence because I think Cooper can, you know, dwell a little bit too much when he's when he's got the ball at centre-half and, and possibly strike as well. But yeah, Rodon looked, looked very good and... It's just great to see again that we're keeping clean sheets. That's now four from four from Rodon when he's been in the team. And even strike, you take away the Southampton game, it, it is five from five, but five from six clean sheets yeah. in a league like this, you'll take it any day of the week. So yeah. I, I, I think, you know, as much as we're discrediting Leeds, I, I'd say it, it was a solid defensive performance. We restricted them to two shots on target, an XG of 0.32, I believe it was. So... Very minimal, as you say. I think it was the chair shot from from quite a, quite a way away. Which on the topic, Mum had a a great uh, way of speaking about him last night. That his first name was actually Declan Deck for short, um, which was uh, yeah, the greatest banter of all time. But it actually tickled me quite a bit. So um, good shout out for her. But yeah, positive defensive performance at least. Perot, I think this is a, a bit of a discussion point now that. He's had a string, maybe three, yeah, I'd say three performances where he's been below par and, and pretty poor. We'll put this out to our, our listeners as well. I think this is quite a good one. Is it time for a swap or is it time for a change? Is it time to bring Rutter into that 10 position or alternatively stick Somerville in it, put Rutter out wide, whichever way you want to do it, and put Piro or Peru, as he might like to be called. Peru. Well, yeah, it was Peru on the, the, the commentary last night, strangely. Um, so, would you would you put him in the number 10? Uh, put Rutter in the number 10. Yeah, and Peru in number 9. He's just a born predator. He's there to score yeah, goals. Yeah, I think this debate around Peru is... We've signed, we've signed a goal scorer, and if he does nothing in the team, apart from score goals, he's doing his job. And I think when when he gets chances, he'll score goals. I think it's as simple as that. I, I think it almost feels like we're overcomplicating a bit. And there were times yesterday when Ruter dropped a little bit deeper and you know he created two chances out of nothing for, for Bamford. And so yeah, maybe you know we saw him feature out wide and dropping deeper a bit. I don't know if you noticed as well, but the strange thing for me was <clears throat> Bamford came on, went straight into the number nine position, yeah. and they rotated the full, like the full back yeah. three for yeah. him. Yeah, I think Rutter went out to the right. Yeah. Somerville came straight through the middle, and then James was on the left. Yeah. So, just something easy? something yeah. doesn't quite add up for me there with what Vark's thinking, what he's seeing in training. You know, to be able to say, you know, Bamford, you're going straight on as a number nine, but we're not going to play a guy who scored 41 league goals there. Yeah, it, it is a bit confusing. And I I, I look at both players, Perot and Ruta, and I can't help but feel that Perot's more suited to being the number nine and Ruta's more suited to dropping in deeper because 
Ruta, I was saying to my dad at the game, he's all, he is almost like um, he is almost like a target man, but in a very unconventional way because you can put the ball into him, and he, he he's very good at holding it up and bringing others into play, and I think that's more suited in in the number ten position when we're lacking a kind of player. Oh, who can I was thinking, player. You'd, you'd 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 be grateful for having someone of that caliber in the number nine that can do that, very similar to Bamford in that sense, but. In the case of how he's played this year, as you say, very unconventional target man, but also his, his feet, the way he can literally glide past players, but also know when to release the ball. You know, you might have a case to say, just give it, give it a couple of games, yeah. and play him there because he's finding these little pockets of space, but he's also very good with his feet and he can release other players and let them go. So I think it'd probably be time for a swap. I think we're both in agreement of that. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it out to the masses and see what they say. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should ask them what what position should Ruta be starting in? Because the I guess the counter argument against against him putting in the number ten is that there's less space, there's less space in there for him, and when he's playing up front or out wide, you get that little bit more space. And I think he's a player who who exploits that. I think Fax touched on his pace before, and you know it's probably something we've glossed over and just shrugged away because of all of his other qualities. But he's very quick as well, mm-hmm. so. He can offer that outlet, for example, if we need to play a ball into one of the channels and put pressure on, get us slightly up the field, which I know we don't do often, but you know, it's nice to have that outlet sometimes as well, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll get that sorted and get you out get get it out to you all and let us know your thoughts as ever. Speaking of polls, Ailing versus Shaq. I'm not sure how you could describe it. It's probably when I don't know, when we played Everton last year and it was a tale of two awful football teams. I wouldn't say they're awful football players. But certainly, if Spence was in the mix, I think he'd be going straight in. And yeah. I'll touch on him shortly. But Ailing 54% and Shackleton, 46%. So, you know, that was from a poll of over 30 people that took part. And you can see that even them, or those people that are voting, are pretty tired on who should be playing at right-back for Leeds. I think Ailing obviously won. You had him in your team, didn't you, for last last night? And you'll probably try and defend him, but I wasn't enthralled by his performance. I thought he was all right. I don't see what your problem is. He's well, got up and down, got a few crosses. Out, out of position a lot of the time. And he ran the ball out three times aimlessly with no one else in sight yeah it's like FIFA when you control the dice and it just keeps you running out of play you say he's out of position but it, I think we, we touched on this in one of the early episodes after I think it was after the Cardiff game Fark likes his full backs bombing on and you're going to get caught out of position if if your default is to be on the byline getting crosses in as a full back so you, you are going to get caught out of position at times so I think that's just a, a natural part of his system for, for Fark. For, for me, he's just a more natural full-back than Jamie Shack. I'm not saying Jamie Shack's done anything wrong, but he's just a more natural, rounded full-back and he gives us more in, in lots of different aspects of the game. Speaking of full-backs, we need, we need Firpo back, I think. 
Byron's it's becoming a little bit predictable now. Oh, I don't want to. It's I'm becoming not, little, you're not getting me started on that. It's yet. becoming a little bit predictable now. And I didn't see it as much as I did at the Southampton game. I'm still having nightmares yeah, about that. Cutting back inside and passing it sideways with your right foot. I know he's not left-footed, and I know it helps when you have left-footed left-backs. But Maybe that's one of the problems, though, right? Or certainly for a short-term solution until, whether it is December or January, until Spence comes back again, we'll... we'll We'll uh, touch on him shortly, but Firpo going left back and yeah. Byron maybe at right back yeah. might be a nice solution to that. Yeah, I know he came on at Hull and had a, a very decent 15 minutes at, at Hull. I wouldn't say you can read too much into that. He looked more natural in that position, but just in terms of the way he defended, squared his man up and and, uh, and won the ball, I think it was two or three, four occasions. You know, you'd like to think that he'd be more suited to that and, you know, go forward and getting at his man or yeah. having a bit more you know nice to, to have those overlap runs as well yeah we talk in modern day football everyone always talks about the importance of full backs and you can't help but feel that if if Firpo adjusts to championship football and Jed Spence comes back in that we should look a stronger outfit 100% and I think just on that while you, while you mentioned him is it just a case of getting through to December January relatively unscathed in the league even if we are as we've said before 12th 8th 9th in that mix between 12th and 6th getting Spence back we'll we should hopefully have Firpo back by then and mm-hmm. we'll be a much stronger team good depth on the bench and then obviously with a transfer window to go and get a number 10 if we do go out and get one yeah we've, we've managed to spin some positivity there haven't we we have because you tried selling me a dream on Luke Haley <laughs> but but do you agree? Do you yeah, agree? yeah. I think, and I don't even think from from what I've seen so far. I think, I think we will be in and around the playoffs because by two games, three games this season, we've barely looked like we've got out of second or third gear, and you know we we look like like last night we looked like we were kind of coasting for a lot of game. There's quite a few games this season where we've we've looked like we've been just kind of coasting and and not 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 doing much. But given all that, to say that we're in sixth, probably looking at the league table, thinking, um, you know, we 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 probably should have got an extra point against Birmingham. We probably should have got an extra two points against Sheffield Wednesday. So when you look at you take that into account and look at the league table and think, well, there's only three or four teams that would be, be above us. <clears throat> and you just think, is, it, is this it? Yeah. No, I, I I definitely feel like that. And it's probably one for a wider conversation. So we can we can take that into our next week's episode because we'll be touching on a few listener questions and a bit of a an early season review as well. I think it would be nice. Because, long watch as well. Yeah, long watch. Yeah, that's always a good one. Brendan Aronson did well in the Champions League when he came on. I was actually watching that game. It was brilliant. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be touching on a few of those things next week, and we have got, you know, the time to be able to certainly Leicester, Ipswich, the teams and around them to be focusing on them in a bit more detail. So we'll we'll mention those teams. Gray, I think last last but not least, we both said he'd come in alongside Ampadu, and he just it looked it looked better in that midfield. Yeah, been really impressed with him obviously all season, but yeah. I think I do honestly think that if we if we don't manage to go up this season, I think clubs will be will be sniffing around him. 
come next summer if he kind of continues in this form. Really liked his, his play last night. A few times he uh, showed a bit of um, bit of creativity, got past his man. I think, yeah, he, he's looking good. Quite pacey as well. I know he's only <laughs> 17, so he should have pace. But, yeah. you know, just in, into those tight spots, just nipping in between the man and, and really going forward and, and pressing on with the ball. It was nice to see. So, yeah, we, we've made some positives there, mate. It's not all dark it's not dreary. Bad. Clean sheets. Good individual performances. We'll take it, mate. Three points and on to the next. Speaking of, the visit of Bristol City to Ellen Road will be coming up. Another home game at Ellen Road. This time, Saturday, the final one before the international break. And it is the visit of Bristol City. So, without further ado we'll touch on something that we are going to do more of going forward and it is a look back in time, we'll call it. Okay. So this game came in 2019, the season opener of Leeds United's title winning campaign. It was an away trip to Bristol City. Bristol City won Leeds United free and the famous commentary line from a very good commentator was, he's a magician and he's just conjured up another trick. Which was, of course, we all know about Pablo, and yeah, he was a, a bit of a magician, uh, to put it mildly. But anyway, it was a really good uh, first win of the season, and that was obviously under Bielsa, Nguyen on the road to get us going. But the question that we're going to put to listeners is, who scored the other two goals on the day for Leeds United? Of course, I think I know it. I can't remember what order. I do remember what order. Obviously, Pablo got the first. I'm pretty sure Bamford got the second. And then Jack Harrison capped off. Bang on. Third. Bang on. I'm impressed. Yeah. I I didn't know that until I researched. And I knew Pablo's goal. Wouldn't have been able to tell you who scored the other two. I've watched the YouTube video of the uh, promotion <laughs> winning goals. Every Leeds United goal. Yeah, I've, I've watched that far too many times. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, obviously, that's the first one. That's the the first one. So you know, by the middle of the season, I've, I've usually fallen asleep. But um, always get the first few games in. I want to give you some homework for the end of the season, where you you have to give me every the right order to every Legion I go in the promotion campaign. I, think I could probably. I don't think I'd do too bad on that. <laughs> right then, back to Bristol City preview then. Hopefully, as I've said before, a six-point uh, six week for Leeds. They're not horrendous, I don't think. And I don't think they'll be as bad, or nowhere near as bad as, as QPR and certainly Sheffield Wednesday. They've, on, they've only lost two and seven, uh, two in the last seven, sorry, should I say. Decent position in 11th, but probably striving for a bit of consistency. It's, it's fair to say they've got a few good players. We'll touch on, so Sam Bell. Young 21-year-old, he scored four goals this season. Mark Sykes on two, and then recently as, as Wednesday, Tommy Conway came off the bench and scored twice to give those guys all three points at Rotherham. So I don't think, certainly goals isn't an issue, even when they're losing games, they seem to be scoring goals. So again, they'll probably probe a bit more and, and, and probably try and break leads down, certainly a bit more than, than QPR. I don't think it'll be a case of, certainly for the full 90 minutes, leads 
probing, trying to find a way through them. But, you know, by the same token, it wouldn't surprise me if there were spells of 50, 60 minutes where it is a case of, you know, just backs to the wall job for them. So it'll be an interesting game to see how it unfolds. Of course, Naki Wells, he's still at Bristol City, Haunts leads. Hopefully not this weekend. Hopefully not. Oh, yeah, hopefully not this weekend. Um, but well, what do you make of our chances and the game in, in general? It should hopefully be, again, just a case of us getting over the line and getting into that international break with six points. Yeah, I think we're going to have to show a little bit more than, than last night. The, I think they, they, they're not a bad outfit. They've got a decent manager in Nigel Pearson. Every time I think of Nigel Pearson, I just think of that press conference where he called a, a reporter an ostrich. Ostrich, yeah. You are an ostrich. Have you got your head in the sand? <laughs> so maybe we can rattle Nigel Pearson a little bit at the weekend. <laughs> but, it's better having him in the dugout than Lee Johnston. Johnston, Johnston, sorry. Yeah, sure. But yeah, they, they, they just seem to be win a game, lose a game, draw a game. And, I think they'll be one of them teams that comes mid-table and they might have a spell where they, they flirt with the playoffs a little bit. But other than that, you wouldn't expect much more from them this season. So given that, it's at home, it has to be a game that you, you go and win, really. If, if you want to be serious about this league, we've got to be going out and trying to win that. I'm just looking through their squad list. They've got a, they've got a youngster called Ibrahim uh, Yeboah. Oh, I was looking at that. Maybe a Tony Yeboah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully he's nowhere near as good as Tony Yeboah. <laughs> but yeah, he'll probably rattle one in off the off the bar from long range when he comes off the bench or if he if he's starting. So yeah, one to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, they've got a, they've got a, you know, obviously they lost Alex Scott, which was a, a massive blow for them. And I think he was a lot of you know, he brought a lot of creativity and flair to their side. Not that they don't have any, but yeah, it's a game that Leeds Leeds should be winning. Do you think we'll we'll set up very similar to kind of how we did last night in the in the way that we play? And I don't know, just do you reckon it will be a case of of swapping Perot and Rutter around? I'd imagine it'll probably stay the same. I, I think Fark said in the press conference after the game yesterday he, he was happy with them. So I, I even though I'd like to see a little change I wouldn't be at all surprised if it if it's quite a similar similar starting lineup. yeah and I think you know you touched on Wednesday as being almost like a must win game and I think this one's probably the same as well not that we should be not that we shouldn't be driven don't get me wrong on keeping an eye on those two Leicester and Ipswich who don't seem to be losing a game at the minute but it's already a bit of a points gap. I think it's nine at the minute. Ipswich on 25 points. And I don't want to get bogged down in looking at where we are because there's a long way to go. You know, injuries, anything can, can happen to, to either, either of those sides. But games like these, again, you've got to be making a bit more of a statement, I think. And just, you know, we said get over the line, but make sure we do it in a bit of a, a more of a fine fashion, I think. Yeah. Should be putting two or three goals past these and... That's not being arrogant, but it's just the, the difference and the disparity in both of those squads and teams that we're probably going to put out on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. But maybe maybe we are going to be the clean sheet specialist this season. You just 
You just don't know. Um, it certainly seems like it's taken that pattern already. Yeah. You look at, I think we played nine league games. Is it ten now? I think it is. Ten, yeah. Ten league games. Yeah. And we've, we've kept that's, is that five clean sheets from ten. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you go on that trajectory, 23 clean sheets from 46 should be enough to get you up. <laughs> You'd like to think. Yeah. Defence wins you championships. Well, Pep, Pep always says... The, the, the god of football management, Pep always says that first and foremost, it's the clean sheets that matter. Yeah. You have all the attacking talent in the world. If you can see in goals, you don't win games. Yep. Very, very true. So hopefully we can we can keep doing that. And again, you know, if we are struggling to, to put goals past teams, then it certainly takes an awful lot of pressure off those attacking players. Not that they should need it because they're all brilliant on, brilliant in their own right. So... Yeah, that's Bristol City in a little bit of a nutshell. Not too much more to say than, than what we have. Team-wise, predicted 11. Are you going to go for a same 11? Maybe. Uh, let me think. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to follow my own advice and I'm going to move Perot up to number nine. Not sure what order that three behind him would be yeah. maybe Somerville in the middle Rutter on the right or Rutter through the ten I'm not sure but I do think he'll he'll play Perot up top and genuinely I don't think this will happen but don't rule out Bamford starting in place of Perot either it's a big claim that gets some backs up wouldn't it yeah it would um, I wouldn't rule it out yeah for me the, the starting lineup will be the same back five Millier, Aileen, Luke Aileen, uh, Rodon, Strike, and Byron. Yeah. I think Grain Amper will continue, especially with the international break coming up. You know, if, if we talk about Grain and he wrestles all the time, we, we, <laughs> he's a 17 year old lad. He should have a spring in his step. Should. But yeah, even if he's, you know, two games, two games in four days, but, you know, the international break is coming up, so you can rest and recuperate then. So yeah, I think, I think the, the back. The back seven, I think, will be the same. I think because of injuries, I don't know how you change that front that front four too much. Possibly James coming back in for Anthony. I'm not too sure. I thought Anthony had a decent game, but I was probably expecting a little bit more from him. Yeah. And I feel like you've said that quite a lot about him this year. Yeah. And maybe it's a case of us expecting too much from him too yeah. early. Yeah, I've just not got over the, how weird that transfer was yet. Um, <laughs> I just I can't fathom it. But nice to see Sinister and Adams doing so well at Bournemouth. Eh? Yeah, great. The Bournemouth fans are already moaning about them. Aren't they? It's a sign of welcome, things to come. Welcome to our world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. I think it's going to be a case of Fark roulette. Not maybe not as much as Pep roulette in the FPL world, but certainly with Anthony and James because you could make cases for both of them. You know, Anthony got his chance last night. Perhaps didn't take it. Yeah. But as you say, looked decent in spells, but perhaps didn't take, grab, really grab it by the horns and said, "You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I, I bang down." Yeah. This place. He's left the door open. Yeah, James. I think he has. Yeah. And, yeah. and Dan John, Dan James is currently got his foot in the door, and he's just poking his head around, looking to see if anyone's coming. <laughs> so yeah, I I agree with you. I think. So you're you going Anthony or James? I'll go James. Okay, fine. Just to mix it up. Okay, well, I'll go with the 
I don't, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't genuinely make a case for Shaq coming back in. It wouldn't surprise me to see him come back in at right back, genuinely. I'll go with Ailing, though, to appease you. And then I'll go with Anthony. So I'll stick with the same starting 11, I think, mm-hmm. for for Saturday, as we saw on Wednesday. Yeah. Score lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I stretch my lead. I'm not sure exactly what it is at the minute. I believe I've got a three-point lead, which at the end of the day is only a correct score line away because you got the one point, obviously, for getting the, the result correct. But I did get the correct score. First time, first time of the season. It wasn't a case of being frustrated and grabbing a goal in the second half. It was actually the opposite. Scoring early, promising signs and showing nothing after. But, but for Asmir Begovic uh, clattering Patrick Bamford, it would have been 2-0. So, I'll blame Begovic. It's true, yeah. Or Bamford. <laughs> yeah, I'll blame Bamford for diving and going down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I've got a three-point lead. I believe it's 7-4 at the minute, but I will clarify. Yeah, I think that's So, pretty, pretty tight, which is good. This is a difficult one to call this week. and I genuinely don't see them scoring again, so I might have to go with another clean sheet. And to be honest, five clean sheets from six, why, why shouldn't we? You know, they're scoring goals, but any team that we've discussed on this podcast this week, we've said, well, this season we've said, oh, we can see him scoring a goal and it seems to be the opposite. Every time we see him assured, we see him calm, we see him very composed at the back and, you know, very well drilled in the, in what's expected of them and how they deliver on that. So I'll probably go a similar scoreline to you this week as you did on, on Wednesday. I'll go 2-0 Leeds because I think this is the game where hopefully they'll things will start to click and it'll be... I think it'll be a better performance in QPR and it'll be more comfortable in QPR. I think I'm going to go 3-1. I think... Maybe that's too positive. No, I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1. I, I do think it'll be a better performance. You're kicking yourself now. Yeah. I do, I do, you can't I, cover both of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go with 2-1. I think, I think it will be a better performance, but I think they'll pose more of a threat than, than QPR did last night. And the clean sheet will be gone. Yeah. We can't keep on getting clean sheets forever. <laughs> you know, you say this every week. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Ads has gone 2-1 leads and I have gone 2-0. So loosely in agreement with those score lines. Please select yours, send them in and send in your predicted 11s as always. Not that it might change much from Wednesday, but we're always keen to hear your thoughts. Similarly, if you like the Damned United podcast, please share it with your friends. We'll be hopefully coming to Ellen Road very soon with some promotional advertisements. So, you know, while we're doing our bit, please do your bit to, to help us out as well. So, yeah, like, share, subscribe, anything you can to shout from the rooftops. It's, it's greatly appreciated. And thanks for listening again. So, I've been Bill Lumsden. I've been Adam Jameson. And this has been the Damned United podcast. Adios.